Welcome to Continuing Studies, a podcast for higher education podcasters. In each episode, we talk to a university podcaster to ask some questions, get answers, and share tips and ideas about higher education podcasting. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lee. I'm a radio broadcaster and a podcaster. And I'm Neil McFedrin. I've come to podcasting after 25 years in the digital agency world. Together, we've hosted, executive produced, and launched seven, and counting, higher education podcasts. Please remember to follow Continuing Studies in your listening app of choice and drop us a rating and or review. We'd love to hear your feedback. While you're at it, also join the University Podcaster Network on LinkedIn. Today we're talking of Laura Guzman from CDI College. CDI is a private college with 20 plus schools across the country. Laura oversees their podcast, Career Buzz. In this episode, we cover off a few key points that I think will be interesting for our audience, including a name change and focus for the podcast, as well as how they strategically bake the podcast into the school's app, which is super smart. We should also probably mention that Jen is also the host of Career Buzz. It's all about Jen. Anyway, let's jump into our conversation with Laura. Welcome back. Neil and I are very excited to interview another person about a post-secondary podcast. Today we have Laura on and she is the Director of Community Relations for Campus Support. And I work with her on the CDI College Career Buzz podcast. So I'm very excited to talk with her today and kind of see like, why did we start something like this? Because we've been on the journey together now for I think about two years already. Time goes by really fast. So Laura, let's just start a little bit with you and how you got involved with the podcast in your role with Campus Support. Yes, I'm super excited to be here with you two today. And I first got involved with the podcast. Well, it was an idea that my team came up with. It was during COVID and we wanted to create a space where people could talk about mental health. You know, with the rise of mental uh, health issues during COVID, we wanted to give that value add to our staff and our students. And so I remember reaching out to you and and talking, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's create a space, a safe space to talk about mental health, of course, related to education as well. So the podcast itself that you folks have created, it's targeted at students and staff of CDI College. The original podcast, it was called Pick Me Up Podcast Mm. by CDI College, which is one of our brands. And it was targeted to students and staff during the pandemic because the focus was on mental health. But since then, we rebranded it. It was really cool to start with CDI College from scratch because you get the idea of like, what is their goal of the podcast, why they want to do it. Every university and college have their own initiative of why they want to do a podcast. It's very different. At first, I thought it would always be like, oh, everyone's going to do a podcast about their courses, but it's not. We've talked to people that their purpose is either just maybe one department, some is just alumni. And for you guys, I think it's really cool that you guys started with mental health. And it was interesting, too, because I really enjoyed a lot of the people that they had on the podcast connected to CDI College. And some of them lived in the U.S. and some of them lived here in Canada. It was really cool to just see the different tips because I think it's something that was really relatable to 
anyone. You didn't necessarily have to be a student, didn't have to necessarily be a staff member. It's something we're all dealing with. And, and you know, it's evergreen content too. It's stuff that people can always use, little tips and tricks, because as we know, mental health is still prevalent. Mm -hmm. Podcast has evolved from what was called the pick me up, which was focused on mental health and it was more focused on the existing student base and staff base. And now it's called Career Buzz. Correct. And so the target audience has changed a bit as well, too, sort of along the yes. way. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So the one really good thing about working with Jen and being able to utilize all the tools that she has inside Scoopin because she's a professional in the industry. One of the things that we did is we assessed all our data when we were deciding whether to continue with CDI Pick Me Up podcast or to market it into something brand new. We look at all the data and we realize that some of our best performing podcasts were the ones that had a component of either an alumni or a person within those particular industries that we have. They were still talking about mental health, but there was a lot of talk about being in the industry as well. And those, those were the best performing ones. And so we realized and we decided, okay, this will be a good area for us to focus in. Of course, we're coming out of a pandemic. But one of the good things is that there are a lot of resources for mental health. And so we thought, okay, how can we spin this around and give a value add to our students? And that's how the idea about Career Buzz came up, to target our students and to, to give them an inside scoop of what it's like for an alumni or for a person that has been in the industry for an X amount of time to to work in that industry what is it like day to day in all sorts of things like that that's great i love how you're saying that you had an initial mandate and sort of felt like was sort of nearing the end of that mandate as the pandemic cleared up and it was like and then you've used used the data based on like what really did you see from a listenership perspective gain the traction to then drive your decision forward of okay now what is this podcast now what are we focus on and it feels like you're really well positioned moving forward and you know it's grounded in that in that in that observation of mm -hmm. what was what was gaining traction from a listener perspective i think that's a really that's a really great insight so you've opened up the aperture from audience perspective to be prospective students as well then. I think it's just a real realistic way of looking at it because I think a lot of the times when people think about podcasting, no matter if you're doing it for an organization or an institution, a lot of people think this is my idea and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to roll with it. And sometimes it's not necessarily the right direction, but it's the launching pad that gets you to where you go. Like Laura, you said, if you didn't do the Pick Me Up podcast, you wouldn't learn. Like I think it was the LPN one that got a lot of traction and that was learning about what a licensed practical nurse is. And I even learned a lot about that. And it was a really cool interview with her because we were talking about the pandemic and, and it was still in the height of when, uh, you know, hospitals were still seeing a a lot of people uh, very sick in it, and it really gave you a taste of what you were jumping into. So, you know, you took that information and you were able to craft kind of like a tree branch out. And so I think a lot of people don't listen to their podcasts or look at their podcasts either. They just they just look like, oh, why aren't I getting all these results? You guys are very smart of like, let's take this information now that we're getting and we're going to just slightly pivot it 
towards something else that makes more sense for our brand. And you really have to do that no matter what type of podcast you have. You're always having to to think about it. Maybe it's not as big of a change as rebranding, but it's a way that you're either structuring your scripts or what guests you're reaching out to. And a lot of people just, it's a great podcasting tip that you guys thought of. Sometimes you really need to just pivot or just change a few things to make it more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to start, see what works, like in any business or any any sort of initiative venture. And then you learn from it, learn from what works from your mistakes and create something that is more valuable. Do you want to tell us a little bit about CDI College? Because it's a little bit different than some of the other institutions out there. Yes. So we are one of the largest providers of post-secondary private education in Canada. We've been around for about 50 years. We have programs all from business, technology, legal studies, and also healthcare. And we create market-driven curriculums. Uh, So we really research and find out what the market needs at the moment. And we work with our experts in creating and responding to the market with programs that are really high quality for our students. We uh, have colleges across BC, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, and Manitoba. We have about 25 colleges. The programs are very interesting too, because they're a little bit shorter, less than four years. And so someone could sort of try out a field and then use it as a stepping stone to go further into it. When we interviewed a professor for the veterinarian assistant program, she mentioned that once someone is doing that, if they like it, they can really get into it and dig their teeth into the subject and use it as training and then continue on in a full veterinarian program at another institution. So can you tell us a little bit more about how people use this program? to build their careers. Yeah, some people use our programs to get their feet wet in the industry. For some people, these are careers that are long-term. For example, for a certified dental assistant, it's a really good career. The program is less than two years. And when people finish, it gets a really good salary. Like you're able to get a job placement quite quickly just because the market demand is quite high. Like people that choose this type of careers, they do it for a very long term, if not for the rest of their lives. I'm also thinking about the licensed practical nurse program. That is a really good program as well that it gives you a chance to have a career for the rest of your life if you choose to. And then we have some other programs that are more so diplomas. Uh, they tend to be a little bit shorter in time and, um, and that they're able to, to get your feet wet. Uh, in the industry that you may want to be a part of. I love it because a lot of them too, like you said, they're shorter and they can start working too and and earning money. And I know a lot of students get jobs. So I think that's great. And that's why I like your podcast now. You're really highlighting what it's like to work in those positions from the professors. Because I think a lot of times we don't necessarily know all the programs that are out there just because maybe you want to be a veterinarian, you don't know that there's other jobs that maybe are not necessarily that position, but they're still in that realm. Can you maybe sort of talk about the existing sort of app that's used across uh, all the student body base, and I'm sure the faculty and whatnot use it, and then and then how has the podcast played into that? Basically, the app is a space where our whole community can come and get information, like about our programs, about events going on in their 
campuses about, for example, different initiatives or add-ons like the podcast, just to sum it up, be plugged into our community. And so for the podcast, uh, we just created a tab within the app that is very accessible for students to come and and open it up and, and watch one of the talks. I mean, and you have to keep in mind that also these are current students, a place where they can get information and an inside scoop about those different uh, careers. The app is a a place for discovery of the podcast, but also I can, as a student, because I'll have access to the app and the app will be on my phone, that could also be where I listen to the podcast. Absolutely. You can listen to the podcast. It's hyperlinked in one of the areas within the app. So people can go and listen to it. I even think because the app is also available across different platforms, one of them YouTube. So people can also watch the video. The podcast then is available on the app. But then just so we're clear, it's also available like any other podcast is on Apple and yes, Spotify. Yeah, of course. It's not so. It's not only available on the app because we want the general public to also have access to it. And for the app, you have to be part of our community uh, in order to log in. And so the podcast is available on different platforms. That's great. I just think most universities, colleges would have some sort of app or some sort of, you know, password protected environment, web environment that Mm -hmm. uh, would be available for students and faculty and staff. So I think this is really interesting consideration and for other podcasts to like think about that platform as a place to get the podcast out in front of the audience, but also as just another place for to listen or in your case because there's the video component of it as well as watch it so i think that's a really that's a really neat uh, insight for the audience to sort of think about additional places to put your podcast and additional places for your audience to discover the podcast i like that too because like as we've talked to other people in this space there's no right or wrong way to promote your podcast and it, it's very subjective so you got to do everything that's right for you would you have any tips obviously don't give all your secrets away but in the higher education space after you know we've been doing it for about two years any tips for anyone wanting to start a podcast either in a college or university i think that you don't start with a perfect product i think that you have to take a risk mitigate a risk and then see what's working what's not and continue on working to to better your product for your target demographic whether it's your students or your staff or both another one would be i know that Different companies or different institutions do the podcast themselves. But for us, it has worked really well to hire people that are professionals in the field, that are knowledgeable about, you know, where to market the podcast or where to host the podcast or, you know, how to properly edit it. Like all these things that it may be difficult for someone that is just starting to to know how to do. And, and, and also, I always think about just making your product, you know, sound really good and really professional. And that's something that a person knowledgeable in the industry would be able to do. And you hit on something, one of the universities that we talked to does have a former broadcaster that now does their podcast. And we're starting to see more and more that that person's in-house, but you guys... Yeah, obviously hired me. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting thing we're starting to see too, is like some college and universities have amazing speakers, don't get me wrong. And some of them do Mm -hmm. stellar work, but then some people, if they don't want to, or, or, or maybe don't want to take on all that work too, 
hired somebody too. Yes, I, I guess I just uh, always want to think about the quality of the product. And so, of course, there there are. I'm sure there are a lot of universities, colleges that have people. Uh, they are very well versed in doing podcasts and you know doing interviews and all of this, but. If within your team you don't have the equipment and all of it, it's sometimes is more beneficial to go ahead and and hire a third party to to handle all of it. It just depends. Like it depends on your return on investment and, and, and all of those things. I think with that since the beginning, without compromising the product that you're gonna put out and and give your students and stuff. And it lessens some workload. There are a lot of work, so you got you got to be in in for the ride. <laughs> yes. I do realize, you know, like because we collaborate a lot and we collaborate in, you know, the topic, questions and all of this. So I I also like that part a lot that we have. We just have all all the input. I like that went into this podcast thing with your eyes wide open that it was a journey. It was like it was something that you're committed to. And as we talked about, there's been a pivot throughout. But it is something I think that uh, we talk about with our clients of this is a journey, you need to commit to this. This isn't just some marketing tactic that you're going to try for a little bit, and it's not working or whatever, you really need to commit to it. And it's a slower moving uh, platform that you're creating. But I always remind people too that it might be slower, but you're building all this evergreen content that you can use down the road and you can cut up into social media posts and you can cut up into blog posts. So it's like, it's nothing wasted and content's the hardest thing to do and keep consistent. What other channels have you found that work to promote the podcast email or social media or, or any, anything like that? Anything that sort of you found your, has gotten traction you guys are like using YouTube. Yeah, I think that, you know, as many avenues as you can get information to the students, whether our emails or your social media. Like I said, you know, we have our YouTube page as well. But yeah, all of these are super helpful to get the information to them. I know you guys, the reason you wanted to do video was because you said you did get more traction on your YouTube page because obviously you guys have built up a following there. So YouTube has been a, a helpful tool for you guys to to bring awareness. It has been, yes. We have the following already. We have a lot of people that use our YouTube and we just thought it would be an organic way to get the information to our students or prospective students. I noticed when I was reading the comments on YouTube, some of the professors will actually share the podcast in the class too, which I thought was cool. This is great. I've learned so much. Like every time we do this, I learn something different. Like I said, you think podcasting is going to be the same among the same industry, like higher education, but it's not. Everybody we talk to has a different take on it. And this is what I love. And it's so fascinating to me. Yeah, me too. And I think what's interesting about the higher education (laughs) podcast world is that it's not about monetizing, which sort of there's a huge chunk of the podcast space, which is really about creating a podcast, getting an audience and how to monetize it. That's not what, you know, most uh, higher education podcasts are trying to achieve. So that's where I, I find it really fascinating sort of digging into you with about like why the podcast was and created and who it's for and, and, and then how you're using it for your for your focus moving forward. That's why Neil and I wanted to do this because we want to connect you with other universities and colleges that do it because I think there's a lot of things that everyone at these institutions can learn from each other. Yeah. Yes. No, it's a, it's a very interesting at the end of the day. It's another communication tool. So it's interesting to know how 
different institutions uh you said in order to to bridge that gap with their with their students with their staff so yes i'm i'm thankful for the interview we're thankful for you coming on it <laughs> yeah thank you so much What I find interesting, Neil, is like the fact that same thing that you find interesting is the fact that they had a podcast and it served its purpose to an extent, but then they took a look at the data and changed it. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about in podcasts is like, and there's a lot out there. Sometimes you run with one idea and you do have to change it up to capture a larger audience. And I think that's something super influential for any podcaster out there. Yeah, that's a really good point. You build up an audience for the feed. And so people are following that feed. And so why throw the feed out? because there's some good value in what you've built there, but you can pivot and really use that feed. Yeah, always using an existing audience is always a good thing. I always recommend that, especially if it's an audience that is following you because of you and the information that you're putting out there. It's always a good way to pivot something that you already have. Yeah, you might lose a few people along the way, but you might gain more people and the people that you already have, you're already strengthening that listening relationship. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the Continuing Studies Podcast, a podcast for higher education podcasters. We hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to follow and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found this episode particularly valuable, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues who also might be interested in higher education podcasts. We also invite you to join the University Podcasters Network group on LinkedIn. Just search for University Podcasters Network, where you can connect with other podcasters in higher education and learn from others in the field. Thank you for being part of